It has. Um, we are in this sermon series called Next. Keying in on what are some of the healthy next steps that God is calling us to as followers of Jesus. Pastor Scott started this series a couple weeks ago, uh, entitled The First Sermon. The command to be baptized in the simple obedience that Jesus said to be baptized. And we saw three people, one in the first service, two just now, uh, be baptized. Following the command of Jesus. We get to hear a little snapshot of their story uh, with Jesus and their journey. And it's awesome to hear what God is doing in the hearts and lives of people. And that was their first sermon, if you will, as they shared their story of how they came to know Jesus. What is next for you? What is next for you? The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 says, we are commanded to go and make disciples of all nations. Baptism is a part of that process. But go and make disciples. And how do we do this? How does that look? And it looks really lots of different ways. But one significant element in most everyone's journey is the power of relationship. Both at the beginning and all along the way. And we heard this morning the power of relationship in the journey of these three people that got baptized. For Katrina and I, our parents, our parents are both here this morning. Uh, kind of a fun thing to celebrate Mother's Day with both our parents and Colton's baptism. It's great. But our parents were and are a big part of our journey with Jesus. Just as Katrina and I are a big part in our kids' journey with Jesus, too. Not the only part. Not the only part. As I really do believe, there are many people that built into my life, and for Katrina as well, and also into the lives of our kids. Some good friends have been significant in our journeys, and I'm sure for our kids, friends have been a part of that. Our kids' own leaders that are busy working in the back with our children in our church, they were a part of our kids' journey, I'm sure, as well. And now for our kids, the, uh, the youth leaders play a significant part in their journey with Jesus. These relationships are super important in our kids' journeys. The key in all of this is relationship. Relationship. How important is relationships to our journey with Jesus and in becoming a follower of Jesus in the first place? If I was to take a survey or a poll of, uh, of us here that says how many people or peoples were involved in our journeys to find Jesus and all along the way, I'm sure we would have a list including our parents and grandparents and friends, significant friends that played a part in our journey to find Jesus uh, and along the way. Maybe a neighbor, a co-worker, uh, a Sunday school teacher, a kid's own leader, a youth leader, and the list goes on of those that were significant relationships in our life along the way. A couple weeks ago, we were out in Abbotsford visiting Katrina's parents. And on Easter Sunday, there was uh, a baptism service, uh, a part of that service. And there were a number of people that got baptized. But there was one lady that got baptized that I want to tell you a little bit about her story. There was a gentleman that came into her restaurant where she served on a regular basis. And um, they got to know each other somehow. And this one day when she came in, she was obviously looking down and uh, sad or depressed or something. 
And through the course of the conversation, this man asked her if she knew she was going to heaven when she died. Wow. And that opened the door for this man to share Jesus with her and then invite her to church where she later began a relationship with Jesus and was baptized on Easter Sunday, 2019. It was so awesome to see that this man took time to invest in this woman to, play, to the place where he was able to speak into her life and ask that question. Relationship was significant. She wouldn't have given him the time of day, probably thought he was a wackadoodle if she didn't know who he was and knew that maybe he was this kind man that came in and chatted with her from time to time, really cared about who she was. And at that moment when she was feeling sad and down, really leaned in and said, hey, what's going on? I don't know all the conversation, but it came to the point where he asked that question. You think you're going to be in heaven when, when you die? Turn with, you, with me in your Bibles to Romans 10. Romans 10, uh, verses 1 to 15 is what I'm going to read. Romans 10, starting at verse 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. The longing of my heart. Do you have that same desire for the people that don't know Jesus yet? That you long for them to know Jesus? That you're praying for them? This writer is has a passion and he's longing for people to know Jesus. And he goes on to say, I acknowledge or I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law by doing a whole bunch of good things. Verse 4, for Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. This is it. Verse 9, this is it. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in, in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then the writer goes on and says, says this in verse 14. But how can they call on him to save, uh, sorry, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? 
And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. What a great little passage. And there's relationships built into that whole passage, I believe. The writer starts with his passion and a desire for people to know Jesus. And he explains in verses 9 to 13 how one actually is saved. Laid out pretty clear. How one comes to know Jesus. And then he ends with our responsibility, our next steps, if you will, for those of us that already know Jesus. There is this process, if you will, that the writer spells out in the passage, verses 14 and 15. And he says, how can someone be saved unless they believe? And how can they believe unless they've heard? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can someone tell unless they are sent? And so in that little process, I believe, is this concept of relationship being present with somebody. Someone has to be there. there. There needs to be a relationship. There needs to be someone. Who is that someone? Is it always someone else? It's got to be the pastor or someone significant. Like, no, this is us as Christ followers of Jesus. The most effective way to share and lead someone to Jesus is done out of relationship. It is done out of relationship. There's people been have responded to the gospel from a complete stranger or a, ter- a total one-off. But for the most part, the most effective way is when there is a relationship at the center or that has been established somewhere along the way where you have earned the right to share your story, that G- what Jesus has done for you and is doing for you. Like the man at the coffee shop who earned the right to speak into this woman's life to the place where she really was willing to open up the door her life there really are many ways to open that door to have a conversation with people in order to point them to jesus but verse one of romans says dear brothers sisters the longing of my heart and prayer the longing of my heart and prayer there is this desire this passion and there's prayer not just one flippant prayer let's just pray ongoing prayer for the people that that you rub shoulders with yet that don't know Jesus how desperate are you for the people in your life that don't know Jesus yet think about that for a moment how desperate are you for the people in your life to know Jesus If we have passion and we have desire and we're praying, how do we tell someone about Jesus? Where do we start? For some of us, this is a big hurdle. How do I turn the corner to help someone know the story? Some of us here may have a great plan and a strategy laid out. And if you do, that is awesome. Keep it up. Maybe add something else to your tool belt, if you will, this morning. But I want to share with you, offer you a couple suggestions on what you might use to help turn the corner in relationship with people that you are in. How do you get started? And there really are lots of different ways. But first, be yourself. Don't try to be someone that you're not. Just be you. 
exterior. And then ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. You're not doing this on your own. Do it with the power of the Holy Spirit who will fuel you and fuel you and give you power and the words to speak. This woman that was baptized in Abbotsford on Easter, she was basically asked a question. And that question was from EE, the EE questions we call them. Evangelism explosion uh, was a method of evangelism back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and at the heart of evangelism explosion is two questions. And those two questions combined with relationship, I think are so powerful and effective. The first question says on there, it's coming up right now, do you know for sure that you are going to be with God in heaven? It kind of sounds like that first question that that guy asked the woman at the restaurant. Maybe he knew the EE question. Do you know for sure that you are going to be with God in heaven? How sure are you? The second question, if God were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you say? Hmm. As a church, we often ask these questions to people when they're going through baptism or if they're going through a volunteer application process just to have conversation to find out where people are at on their journey with Jesus. When you ask someone one or both of these questions, this can open the door for opportunity to share your story of how you know for sure that you're going to heaven with Jesus. You can say, if I was to stand before God when I die, and he was to say, Brian, why should I let you into heaven? This would be what I would say. And if you're not totally sure what you would say, then this is a good time to open your Bible and dig up some verses and go, how do I know that I am going to heaven? How do I know that I get to go to heaven as a believer? Be sure of that. I read some verses earlier about it, but Colson used one great verse, John 1, 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. The Romans 10 passage that I used is also a good passage. Romans 10, verses 9 to 13, lays it out real clear. John 3, 16 you could use Ephesians 2 8 9 one of my favorite places to go God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a gift from God a gift from God salvation is not a reward for all the good things we've done lest someone boast about it. So it's not about all the things we do. I go to church, I pray, I give money, I, whatever. We can list all that stuff. That doesn't allow us into heaven. It is in relationship with Jesus that we've asked God to forgive us. So these verses are some of the verses you might weave into uh, asking someone those two questions. So the EE questions might be a couple questions you tuck in your tool belt when you're in relationship with someone and you begin to open that door. So, you think you know you're going to go to heaven one day? How do you know? Well, this is how I know. And then share your story. Sharing the, the plan of salvation is really important. A clear step-by-step. -step. The Romans road is something you might want to also tuck in your tool belt. 
it's been around for a long time, five, six verses in the book of Romans, and it's one step after another. And you underline them. I've got them underlined and queued up in my Bible. And as you're sharing with someone, you go, well, you know what? It says in Romans 3.23, and you might have some of these memorized, and if you do, that's awesome. But 3.23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Begin to expand on that. Explain what that really means. Then go on to 6.23 that says, um, for the wages of sin is death. The penalty for sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then you can flip back to 5.8 that says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And again, you can go on to explain what these verses, uh, what these mean. And then you can read those verses I read in, in 10, uh, chapter 10. And just verse 9 says, if you confess, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, period. And then you can flip back to 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith, not by works, not by a bunch of things that we do, but by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And I like to end with these verses. We've added this. Romans 8, 38 to 39. And these are wonderful verses. When someone gets to the place where they're starting to realize this is what, this is it, they're in, in, in on this. This is wonderful. Romans 8 says, and I am convinced as a believer in Jesus, as someone who follows Christ, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the fears for today and those stinking worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that wonderful? The Romans road. That, well, be, could be the, the little tool that helps you explain the plan of salvation to somebody. But I want to give you another one. Since we're in a technology age, some of us, in fact, I think it was my father-in-law that gave me this one quite a few years ago. Um, it's called Share Your Faith app. And if you have a smartphone, you need to download this one. Because this is a great little tool. It's not a... This, uh, the message of this, uh, Share Your Faith, has uh, been around. It's the bridge for many years. In fact, Pastor Scott and I, I think, I don't know how many years ago, demonstrated this on the stage a couple times way, way back. And um, he actually asked me when I was, we were looking at this sermon, he goes, yeah, I want you to role play this out again. So he's not here this morning, right? We're not doing the role play today. Don't tell him that I didn't do the role play, okay, please? But I want to show you this, this app. And it's a great app. And I know some of you have it, and if you don't, you need to put it on your phones. Because as you sit down with somebody, you can click on this and walk through the plan of salvation with somebody. I used to do this before smartphones on a napkin at a coffee shop or whatever and sit down and draw it out for somebody. But here it is. You hit the start button. We're going to fly through these. 
And there's this picture of us and God. You hit the little relationship arrow, and there's an explanation. It says, God loves us and wants a personal relationship with us. He wants to help us on our journey through life and into eternity. And then there's verses that you can use, and you can use your own, but if you hit the Bible verse, or the Bible at the bottom left, these verses pop up. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth, John 17, 3. And you can use others. You go on to the next slide. There's this chasm between us and God. We're separated. You hit the little separation button and it comes up. However, we have chosen to go our own way. Our sins have caused a separation between God and us. And the verses that you might choose to go along with that, Isaiah 53, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Then the next picture is us trying to get to God through good works. Most of us are aware of this separation and try to get right with God by doing good works. If I could just do all this good stuff, give enough money, go to church enough, whatever. The Bible verse that says, Romans 3.20, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The next slide is we fall short. And I'll fly through these. These are, I don't think there's any more words up there. But it says to work out uh, or to work our way to heaven, we would have to be perfect. But no one is. We all sin and fall short of God's standard. Um, and there's verses to go with that. Then there's the consequences is death, alone, separated, pain, forever, lost. And, and um, the Bible says the penalty for our sin is death. And, and these words... Alone, pain, lost, separated forever. Describe the kind of experience. But God does not want that to happen to anyone. And so he sent Jesus to fill the gap for us. Trust, hope, friend, love, peace, future are the words that help describe what it means to trust in Jesus. And there's this bridge. And that bridge in Christ cancels out death. The next slide. It all is canceled out. Jesus paid this. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for us, for you and me. He paid the penalty for our sins and rose again to prove he is the Savior of the world. And again, there's verses that you can weave into this. And then the next one is receive. It's not enough just to know the plan of salvation. It's not enough just to know this story. We actually have to make a personal decision to follow Jesus, to receive Christ by asking him to forgive us and come into our lives. For all who confess with their mouth, the verses say, right? And then the next one is their response. Does this make sense? Yes or no? And if you click on the no, there's a response. If you click on the yes, this is what you get. Where are you in this picture? And you can ask them, point out. And these little stick figures are kind of animated. They kind of pop off the page. And you can say, where are you? Are you still way on the left? 
Are you in the middle on your journey with Jesus? Or maybe you've made a decision to follow Christ, and we just need to affirm that decision that you made when you were younger at some other time. But if they say they're on the far left or maybe even in the middle, this is where you get to say, would you like to receive Christ and cross over to God? And they may say, no, you know what, I need to think this over a bit more. And then you go, awesome. Let's pray together. Let's meet again next week or in three days and follow up on that. But if they say yes, then the la this last picture here is, is the prayer. And it's, this isn't a magical prayer. It can be anything that resembles this, but it says, Lord Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me for all I've done wrong. Please come into my life and begin to lead me. I pray this as sincerely as I know how. And then I will typically pray for that person after they've prayed that prayer. And if they say no, there's other things you can go to. And if, you say, if they say yes, there's this verse. And there's some other um, helpful uh, slides in, the, in that app that you can go to. But this Share Your Faith app is just another tool to help you share the journey that you've been on with someone else in a very practical and helpful way. So all of these things, the EE questions, the Romans Road, the Share Your Faith app, and again, there's countless other great ideas and tools that you can use in, in conversation with people. The key is, though, 1 uh, Peter 3 says, we, we always have an answer for the hope. Always have an answer. Be prepared. But then it says, be respectful and gentle. Be respectful and gentle. About a week and a half ago, we got a message uh, here at the office from someone in our church. And uh, this person um, works with an individual that has some very serious health issues. And as they were talking with this person last week, uh, they came to this place where they, they made this comment to this person. And they said, the UDAC person said, it might be good to make things right with your maker maybe it's time to make things right with your maker and they went on in that conversation that sounds a little bit like the ee question doesn't it it does so those ee questions are just a guide use this one use whatever it works to turn the corner but they continue to chat and this person uh the udac person then said would you be interested in uh, can i get one of my pastors to call you And this man turned to them with tears in his eyes and said, yeah, I would be okay because it's you. Because you're asking, I'm okay. And that right there is the point that's really important. And that is that just like the man that earned the right back in Abbotsford to speak into that woman's life at the coffee shop, this UDAC person earned the right to speak into this person's life. The story's not done. We're praying for this person. God's at work. But who have you earned the right to speak into their life and help point them to Jesus? We talk about next steps as a believer in, in Christ. And maybe your next step is, maybe you haven't even crossed the line of faith yet. And that might be your next step. Or maybe it's baptism. 
being obedient to Christ in baptism. Or maybe it is helping someone you care about, someone that you love, someone that you rub shoulders with, help them find Jesus. What is next for you? This morning, those tips, those tools I gave to you are just suggestions on, to help any one of us share God's love with those that we truly care about and rub shoulders with. And I hope you do wrestle with this a little bit. Because we can get so comfortable with where we're at that we forget that the people that we really do care about that don't know Jesus yet are heading to a Christless eternity if they don't find Jesus. As Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you believe that? That no one comes to the Father except through him? Trust me. As a chaplain that I go out to these companies and connect with people on a regular basis, there's sometimes I fumble the ball, to be honest. And as I, even as I was preparing this message, I'm going, man, how passionate am I to those that are lost, that don't know Jesus yet, the people that I care about? on a day-to-day -day basis? Am I praying desperately for them to come to know Jesus? And there's days that I am and there's days that I'm not. And this message was a great reminder for me this morning to remember what my next steps are, my journey as a pastor, as a chaplain, as a believer in Christ. This isn't just for the pastors or the main leaders or what. This is for all of us to roll up our sleeves and understand this is our next step as Jesus followers. We're going to close in prayer. And as I do, um, after the service, uh, after I say amen, uh, we have some special gifts for the ladies in our church. Um, so we have the kids out there ready to hand those flowers out. 